Welcome to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast, coming to you from Vero Beach, Florida, and Marion, Massachusetts. Hosted by Ed Chenefee, this is the podcast that researches and investigates the club management and facilities side of our business. Hello, and welcome to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. I'm Ed Chenefee, your host, and each week, it's a pleasure to bring you the news and the views from the private members club, tennis, golf, and fitness industries. This week, Jennifer Gelhouse, one of our associate consultants here at Beyond the Baselines, and I interview Andre Robolo, who is the owner and founder of Play by Point, one of the leading softwares in the industry for court reservations. Andre discusses with us what he is seeing in terms of court usage across his many clients and how pickleball is now at a whopping 90% of the clubs and facilities with which he works. He also discusses how he had dreams of finding games initially through his software, but now his software has taken a turn toward private members clubs and homeowners associations as they grow their rackets offerings. We investigate the question as to whether clubs should offer all their courts at set times to maximize play or leave a patchwork for their members and allow them to book at any time. And most importantly, Andres points out the disconnect between the directors of tennis and their governors and club managers. It's an age-old issue that doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. It's always a pleasure to have Jennifer Gelhaus, a director of tennis in her own right, join me on the show. But now, without any further ado, here's Andre. All right, well, welcome to the Beyond the Baselines podcast. I'm Ed Champ, your host. I'm here with Jennifer Gelhaus, my colleague, and Andre Robolo. Yes, I said it correctly. That's correct. That's correct. You're right. Uh, from playbycourt.com, uh, Andre has been working with Jennifer at her club, uh, East Chop, setting up Play by Court, which is a court reservation system. We at Sipican, my club up north, we just hired Andre's firm to, to rejig our uh, court reservation system. Andre, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your time and looking forward to talking to you guys. First of all, give us a little bit of your background. I, I know you were involved in tennis from a young age. Yep. And um, how did you how did you come upon starting play by court? What was the uh, initial motivation? So it was I like saying I was naive. That's what I saying. But the, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, I grew I was born in Miami. I grew up in Nicaragua, actually. And my whole life, part of the story I'd like to tell is that tennis has always been a part of my life. Right. So growing up, I used to play tennis. And then I went to college, I played D3 tennis. And then for me, tennis was not only a sport that kept me physically active, mentally active or, or healthy to say that as well, but also a lot of my good friends have been built around kind of the tennis club or kind of just playing tennis, right? Um, then in 2000, then I went to college at University of Miami. And, and then when I graduated, I started looking to play around in the area, right? And my experience was so broken from trying to find the court, trying to find what clubs were open to the public, um, trying to get kind of a lesson. So that whole experience was so broken that I said, you know, it's, and I stopped playing tennis for five years. Actually, I started running, doing other stuff. I'm like, you know what? I love the sport so much that if, you know, something should be done to make this a better digital experience, right? This was 2014, 2015, right? So I'm like, oh my God, we, I can pay for parking with my phone. I can call a car with my phone. Why can't I just have a nice application that I can book my core, book my lesson and kind of it for it to be seamless per se. So in 2016, 
we approached the city of Coral Gables and we told them, look, guys, you guys have, you know, 16 courts. There's people in and out. Um, let us do a pilot for you guys. And then we, we spent, you know, Robert Gomez is the director there. He helped us a lot in kind of spearheading this project. And then, you know, after a couple meetings and a lot of convincing, they gave us the, the go ahead. So that's how, how our journey started. Then we, you know, we went in in 2017, we launched and God, I thought, I, I thought it was something simple, meaning I thought it was a simple court reservation that tennis management was easy. And that started our journey into really learning about the business and learning about kind of what you guys do in that case. And you have a background in tech, right? Correct. So I, I went to the University of Miami. I, I worked in finance. Uh, after that, I worked for kind of the biggest experience, more an entrepreneurial, but then I worked for a, what they call family office, which is an investment firm. And there I was working and dealing directly with all the technology initiatives, right? So I spent five years working there and then I was seeing how technology was transforming industries, right? And that kind of become, became an obsession for me. And I wanted to be involved in that space. And that's how, you know, I mixed two of my passions to say tennis and technology to kind of make a difference and, and kind of give back as well to, to the sport that has given me so much and, and also have fun while we do it as well. Great. Hey, you know, what's the most common ask now, how many clubs are you working with? I, and I know it's not just clubs you work with uh, park and yep. rec departments and, but take us through that. What's the most common ask? And does it change between a park and rec department and a private club or a facility? So I'll, that's a great question. I'll, I'll kind of take a step back. Sure. Right. So once we started, as I, as I said before, I thought uh, tennis management or kind of building a software for tennis from the outside seems very simple. Right. So, and, and I think in our conversations, you guys have seen how thorough we've become. So when we started, I thought, look, we're, all we have to do is a court sheet. We're transferring the paper there. And then suddenly, as I began to learn about what tennis directors do and, and kind of the boards and, and the park and recs and all these people handling a club, all the moving pieces, right? So that's done two things. One, I have a lot of respect for, for people in the industry because I think they're the hardest workers I know, right? They're, they need to be up at 7 a.m. or even before. They need to plan their lessons. They need to deal with all the coaches. They need to make sure you know, the bookings are taken care of. So once I discovered that, you know, my mind was, oh my God, we need to do more, right? So the most common ask for going to that is every client, and, and that's why, you know, today we have about 75 clients, um, but the, the first 30, you know, obviously I know all my clients, my name, last name, we have a great relationship because the approach we've done to building this is, look at, just to give an example, Ed, and I tell them every club is different. And that has been the experience for me. Every club, when I thought I was done with club 20, I said, okay, guys, we're ready. We can replicate this. And then club 21, it says, look, we do, just to give an idea, look, we have members that can only book between three and five and seven and eight. Then we have these other types of members that can book between, I don't know, nine and 10. So you start getting all these I'm not going to say complications, but rules to enhance the business model. So the way we've approached it is, and, and we've gained a lot of business is saying, look, I'm not going to pretend I'm the expert in the business. You guys are the expert. We are experts in technology and we're going to customize it to your need. 
And that was a risky bet. So at the beginning, we, I think we spent the first two years with just three clients or, or four clients. And, you know, we weren't breaking even, we weren't making that much money. And I just said, no, if we, if we listen to the customer and we build what they want and we take that attitude over time, I'm sure we're going to come up with kind of a great product. Um, so from, you know, gas, we've had our, whew, so much, just to give you a recent example, um, over at Valencia reserve, they have a lottery system. So basically that they used to use a previous software that kind of shuffled players around based on their play usage. So like, look, we want, we love your software. We love what you do, but we need a system similar to this. So what we did is we went back to our team and we devised a algorithm that gives scores based on the amount of times you've played in the past and you select 10 days, 14 days. And then the, the system will automatically assign those scores for you. So, so that's just one example of the, of asks that we get. Um, and we just do them all, you know, that, that's my approach. We, cause I'm sure that I did this for this club, but I'm sure that if that request is not unique across board, even if it just helps one, you know, maybe, you know, one, we want a happy customer and two, I'm sure that that's going to lead us to more opportunities down the road. Hey, Jen, you used to have a, uh, a lottery at your club up there in East Drop just two years ago. So take us through that and how, yeah. And would you bring it back for play by court? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe not necessarily what we used to have, but something like what he's talking about does sound interesting. And I was actually going to ask you, what is one of the main things that would hold back a club from using a system like play by court? And I think my answer would kind of be exactly what you just said, that clubs are so unique that they might think that, you know, this system is not going to work for them because they have such specific needs. But the fact that you can customize and really cater to a particular club, I think that's huge as a big deal. And that will just make your product so much better. But I will ask you anyway, what do you think yeah. is the main thing holding a club back from, from using this? Because I think it's a no-brainer. It's evolved over time, right? So I'll start the answer with that. Once we started, um, I think you had a big, you know, when I started, I was doing more awareness in terms of, look, guys, you guys should adopt a digital platform to start automating a lot of key processes, right? So a lot of that was the discussion at the beginning. And fast forward five years or four years today, um, it's how tennis clubs are structured that makes it difficult. So I think you guys know how the decision maker is not always the operator, right? Yeah. So the person who makes the key decision, I can assure you does not know the impact that good software or attention to detail makes in running the business. And I think that's kind of the biggest challenge. Because, you know, I like to say that 95% of the times that we talk to a tennis director and we tell them our story and show them our product, you know, they, I'm not gonna say they love it, but they enjoy it, right? So they, they, they're surprised, they're impressed by the thoroughness that we've done, by the features we offer, and kind of how we cover the 360 approach of everything that, that the club has to offer. The challenge is always communicating that to either the board or the president of the HOA, where to them, you know, they're not on the court every day. So for, it's not their time. It's not their sweat that really has to pay the consequences of having bad software. Right. So I think that is something that we need to do a better job in educating and communicating to 
and you know the boards, the presidents, or the key decision makers in that case. Because a lot of the the barriers that I see today is they have a software, right? So they have either a software that was built for golf, they threw it in tennis, and and they don't want to pay for a second software because golf is separate, and then tennis, you know, might not. I'm not gonna say justify it, but there's not too much push for it. So then they're stuck with kind of a, a mediocre solution. So that, that's kind of the biggest obstacle I've encountered. At Beyond the Baselines, we have over 25 years of experience with management of private members' clubs and boutique resorts. Whether it's finding the inefficiencies caused by the blurring of roles between management and board governance, managing a single department, or educating and mentoring a key employee, we have served the private members' club industry like no other consultancy since 2007. Partnering with club governing bodies and working alongside management, we bring a team of highly specialized and experienced associates for that personal touch and hands-on management style to achieve long-term goals with short-term results. At Beyond the Baselines, we understand the traditions and importance of membership, but history and connections to a bygone era shouldn't inhibit growth. In fact, we believe they can be a catalyst for change. So please visit our website at beyondthebaselines.com or give us a call at 508-538-1288. That's 508-538-1288. How many people do you have on the on the team? It sounds like you're growing. So we were just wondering, you know, you must have software developers and salespeople. Yep. I mean, you do a great job in the sales side, but what's the number headcount going? Yep. So we are seven. So it's myself and my partner, who is the chief technology officer, Eric. Um, then we have back-end developer, a front-end developer, um, a designer a mobile app developer. And then I have someone that helps me in business development. So right now I'm spearheading all the sales um, and support as well, even though my Anna, which is in business development, she helps me a lot with that. And, but our plan for next year is to start scaling more aggressively. And, and, and what I tell every new club that we get and, and every client as well is our goal is not to become the biggest, right? We want to become the best per se. We're, we're a, where instead of being a generalist, we're a specialist, right? And we'd rather take a slow and steady approach um, where we're building, you know, we don't want to spread ourselves too thin in that case. So we're still building. Um, You'll see now that, you you know, obviously there's room for improvements every day, um, room for innovation. And and that's where we're focused on. So whenever we're ready to kind of go bigger, and I think it just, it will happen organically, right? As as we learn more and, and kind of, complete our product, but there's always going to be kind of things we can keep improving. So that's, that's what makes us excited. Absolutely. What if uh, I said, I'm going to ask you this question because it came up in my club, just, uh, just in the board meeting and a perfect example, what you just said is there's always a slight disconnect between the director of tennis or the head pro, the GM and the board, right? And the board, the board the other day was saying to me, Hey, Ed, we can't get a court on Thursday. You know, I'm like, what are you talking about? There's always a court open. Well, yeah, but not at 8.30. There's one at 9. I'm like, well, you got to wait a half hour. They don't like to wait their half hours. The members own the club. They they want their court when they want it. Now, yeah, some clubs, and I'm, this is, I don't want to feed you the question because I want to hear the answer, but yep. some clubs like mine at the moment, you can click on the software and you can book a court or try to book a court at 8, or you can try yep. to book a court at 8.30, or you can try to book a court at 9, and you get these distant half hour 
leftovers or you get a patchwork of different times of doubles and singles. Yep. And there are other clubs, a uh, former club that I used to work at, Edgartown, which says, hey, you can only book from 7 to 8.30, then 8.30 yep. to 10, 10 to 11.30. Now, I'm sure your software can do both those types of reservations. But what yep. is the trend that you're seeing? Because I, I, I realized something talking to the board, but I just want to ask yep. you, what, what's the trend that you're seeing at the moment? Whenever those decisions come up, I try to be neutral, per se. So I never emit an opinion. I thought we can do both, as you say. So we'll start with that. Um, the trend is, I want to say it's a trend, right? So I'll tell you, it depends on your club. And what I've seen is, and just to give you an example, a club in Boca, um, it was a new community. And at the beginning, they weren't as busy. So then they had a lot of the slots kind of free for all. Today, or this month, you know, obviously with with Florida booming and, and, and Boca Raton, kind of more people moving down here, their club now is packed. So now they're considering changing to fix time slots to better allocate um, their play times. Um, how do they do it? In the mornings, they set a defined slot, which, and that's where we help, right? We kind of analyze the path, six months of data and tell them, look, these are kind of the hot spots during these times. And then it might optimize if you do it from, you know, seven to 8.30, 8.30 to, to 10, et cetera, et cetera. So the answer to your question is, it depends on kind of how busy the club is. Because once your club is getting busy, you need to start optimizing kind of those, you know, that patchwork or kind of the court usage in that case. Um, so that's what I've seen. But a lot of them are going now for fixed time slots just because it's easier to organize. Everyone is in at the same time. Everyone gets out at the same time and, and you can control the, the flow of people. Yeah, I'm wondering how I'm going to pitch that to my board. That's the question, because, <laughs> you know, if you start at seven, which you really in a New England club, you do because the sun is up at four in the morning in the summers. But if you start at seven, that means you're forcing people to start at seven. They can't start at 730 unless they just get an hour. But the thing is, as I as I charted this out, we have eight courts, two are assigned for teaching courts, five yep. and six are always teaching. So we have six courts. Now, if I do. 7 to 8.30, 8.30 to 10, and 10 to 11.30, that's 18 time slots. You can't get yep. near that with a patchwork. Just You're nowhere yep. near that. And that's yep. the difference. I, I, I just did it a chart, and we're averaging about 11 time slots, and this would add eight more. And even if you take that 7 o'clock slot, it, it is another six time slots, which people will opt for if they are forced to, I think. Yeah. So what I like, what I tell a lot of my customers or whenever I'm like, when you go to a movie theaters, do you tell uh, the movie theaters how, you know, when you want to see the movie or how you want to pay? You know, so, so the business sets the rule. And I think obviously your job in convincing the board, but they need to start trusting, you know, directors and kind of what they see and what's best for the business. Right. Because I think there's a, again, I, I think it's a, you know, there's a lot of challenges in the board. There's a big disconnect. Right. And I'm not going to say that they think, but I'm pretty sure they had the same view I had five years ago or six years ago. Oh, tennis, it's easy. You know, you know, you go in there, you're managing a club. Um, so I think that's, they need to start trusting more kind of the decisions directors make. And if you make a mistake, the good thing is, you know how easy it is to go back. It's easy. It, yeah, it's not so. difficult. That's a great so I analogy. Think, <laughs> I, I saw Jen have a little like there when he said <laughs> that, that the boards have to trust the DOTs, you know, it's, yeah. that's, that's the disconnect right there. That's the disconnect. Yeah. Jen, that's you got the, the next question. Think, oh, go ahead. Go but ahead let Andrew. me, I think that's changing. So something that I would clarify is 
uh, boards are getting, I'm not going to say younger, but they're understanding the power of technology one, so that benefits us, but also of kind of trusting the system. And that's something I've seen. I've seen a lot of changes in the past two years, right? So I think obviously you can thank COVID for that in certain ways because it forced a lot of, uh, it forced everyone to kind of embrace technology and, and really see the benefits. So I think that is is rapidly changing in, in that case. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about kind of you guys being able to get that through. And, and, and always it's risk-free, right? So you can tell them, look, we can try it out. And if it doesn't work, give me two weeks and we'll try it out and then you can go back. So I think it's, it's going to become an easy sell over time in that case. Absolutely. I hope so. <laughs> like I said, to me, it's a, it's a no brainer. I can't believe how many clubs still to this day are paper-based to me. That's insanity. It's well, Jen, you, you know, as well as I do, the reason it's been, and I shouldn't talk this openly, but I'm going to, the reason yeah. it's paper-based in a lot of times is the director of tennis doesn't want anyone to get into his or her business. And once you take the technology forward to the club and the members and the boards, hopefully you can educate the boards to, to show them what you're thinking. But a yep. lot of a lot of directors aren't at that point. They don't want anyone in their business. They don't they don't want people to know that they're not available, that they're not on property or that they can't yep. be booked within the next two hours. And I'm sure you see that, Andre. And that's why a lot of clubs are still paper based, I think. Yes, I, I would agree with you there. Yeah. yeah, I don't get it. To me, it's it's also there. I think for some directors that I've met that do paper based, I think they're you know they've been doing things for the past thirty years, and they're accustomed to. It's like when you're accustomed to do kind of busy work, right? In that case, so they feel like that's part of the job, and kind of letting go sometimes takes some effort, right? Kind of setting you setting you free. So I think there's one camp that is that then you have the other camp that is more you know where they're they think that's part of the work right kind of oh look i, I like talking to my customers i like for them to call me and kind of for me to give that special yeah. or vip treatment in that case um but something yeah. i'll highlight yep go ahead no go ahead <laughs> yeah something i'll highlight there is with the approach we've taken is because everything is one, we take a holistic approach to kind of the club. So even with your rebuttals or, or what you said there, Ed, is we can solve that, right? So I can tell them, look, let's transfer to that because in our system, you get the choice. Either they can see the court sheet or they can't see the court sheet. And then secondly, on the on the lessons, really the, the client has no access to know if the pro is on site, if the pro isn't on site. Um, so really it's it's kind of it could be set up where it achieves what they want. And, and they can still move forward in that case. But I think it's convincing them, right? And getting and being the right person to kind of get to them. I know me as a, you know, they get sold so many things um, that usually if you go, if I walk into a pro shop, hey, I'm, you know, they'll, they'll look at me, not look at me with a bad face, but it, it won't yeah. be trusting per se. So that's why we've, at the beginning, when we started out, I spent, well, 20, 70, I, I was driving, Every day, all the way, all across Florida. I was stopping by five clubs a day. I was putting in so many miles and trying to convince everyone. So that, and then at some point, I'm like, you know what? Easy. I'm, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to look for for partners, right? I'm going to look for people. I'm not, 
I'm not going to hear try to convince people in terms of why technology is great. I need to look for potential partners that see the value already. So, right. Or, right. And kind and of. Set. Another thing too, is that the younger generations have higher expectations when it comes to technology too. Yeah. So, you know, your 50, maybe 60 year old clients or members maybe don't have an up, you know, don't have that expectations, yep. but the younger families, the kids coming up as it goes, yep. they're used to using a phone for everything. So why yep. not record and, and pay for yep. your lesson and do everything through your phone, you know? Yep. So, yeah. No, no. And, and, go ahead. No, no. So going along that point, I think that's uh, and I like saying not all technology is created equal. Right. So meaning, and as your point, so the younger guys, um, not the younger guys, but I mean, the new generation now they want, you know, I'm not going to say a slick app, but, you know, they want it to work well, to not be buggy, to be simple, to have kind of your, you know, great user experience, which I think, you know, it doesn't take an expert to know what great user experience. Right. So that's something that we focus on a lot where, where my goal, even in the long term, is making you know our our app and our system just seamless for more seamless than it is already but there's always room for improvement um for everyone right and i think that is going to you know if i wanted to do anything right even chat with my players or, or every interaction that the club has i think can be digitized and that's kind of where we're we're aiming to go towards too. I, I think you made a great point there too andre saying that the boards are getting younger um, I think they're treating the clubs and, and Jen is way behind, uh, not way behind. She's on top of this, but she's behind the support of this is that the club's boards are starting to look at clubs as businesses, not as a uh, old boys network that just has a group of guys mm -hmm. and women that, yeah. you know, have a common interest. They're looking at it as a business now. Yeah. And um, your software is at the, at the front of that, because, you know, you say yeah. that you, I love how you use the word rebuttal. And that rebuttal comes from the director of tennis. I, I think that's a great word to use because it is a rebuttal and it's rebuttal yep. against looking forward uh, at the business of running a club. Yep. And yep. you know, as well as I do, if, if the option is there to see the, the, the court sheet on an app yep. or on a, on a, on a computer screen, by golly, yep. the club should take that option. But yep. you know, it, the, the option there might slow down the director of tennis to, 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 to keep his rebuttals or her rebuttals going forward. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, let me and, ask you about, oh, go ahead. No, so I'll add something just to clarify, because we started out saying that we're a booking service. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll expand. And what I like saying is I, I don't, so before we used to, but now we don't um, describe ourselves as a booking service, but we describe ourselves as I like saying an end-to-end -end management solution for tennis clubs, right? Because we cover all the bases. And, and that's been the evolution we've taken where, you know, with our software, you can book courts, um, you know, pay for your lessons, sign up for junior clinics, sign up for programs. We provide you with the website. We provide you with a branded app. So we provide it with all the reporting. If you want to do lesson packages, we provide you with that, your pro shop maintenance. So that's where kind of going to your point of that now it's becoming a business that's what we strive for where it's your business. You need one single application that will kind of be the, the backbone of, of that operation.
ask you about pickleball. Yeah. Um, obviously, similar kind of court reservation, but yep. um, do you see similar or dissimilar happenstances? Uh, for example, pickleball tech technically is uh, almost always doubles, so that's that's one difference. Yep. But but secondly, it's an all day affair. It doesn't seem to slow down during the midday hours. Yep. Now, how how are you seeing similarities and differences? And, and on top of that, one more, an additional question, a follow-up is, do you see a lot of tennis courts getting changed off your software and changed over to pickleball? Pickleball is great. So, I, I, you know, in terms of the adoption is having into racket sports, um, in terms of what I've seen, right, without giving an opinion, is I would say 90, no, 80% of the clubs we work with have added pickleball courts to their operation, right? Um but it's still 90%, nine out of 10 clubs, nine out of 10 facilities. Now yeah. I, I want to tell the audience, you, you do not just clubs, not private clubs. You also have uh, park and rec departments and you also have HOAs, which are a major part of the Correct. business down here in Florida. And you're most Correct. of your business, I think is Florida, but you're growing. Correct. I mean, you got, you got Jen up there in Martha's vineyard now, and you got me Correct. up there in Marion mass. So yeah. I just want the audience to know, but nine out of 10 facilities are now added pickleball. That's a big stat. Yeah, it's a big adoption. How how it relates to us. So what we do, as I said before, um, we're here to fit the client's need, right? So if obviously there's less dynamics in terms of bookings, usually pickleball is open play. So they have open play between certain times. And some clubs do reservations, but it's more boutique, right? Where there's not so many players trying to trying to get a court. But for us is, you know, we'll Anything scheduling based will help you, right? So we have some HOAs that we handle their pools for them, their bocce, their billard drew. Anything that needs to be booked will help them in that case. Do you do anything with fitness like yoga or anything like that that a club might have? So we have, yes. So we have a yoga club that we have that we support them as well. So because we have, you know, the mechanics of yoga and class registrations are the same as a clinic or kind of a junior academy. Exactly. So. We adapt our software to to that need. Okay. To those needs. I gotta, I you know, it's funny because we did some testing with you for uh, Sipcan Tennis Club before we adopted Play by Court, which I'm just about to start down the journey with you. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. I'm really excited. And, and a couple of things out of that came up and I really enjoyed it is that um, I'm a member, uh, as is my daughter at the Boulevard, which is another mm -hmm. club that you operate or they, they operate yep. your software. And what I found really interesting is when I hit the app, I get the choice. I mean, you could become the all <laughs> universal <laughs> court app because I, it says, which facility are you booking for today? Ed? And it has Sipican and it has Boulevard. And so I have, you know, yeah. like, you know, soon enough, I'm going to go to my Quail Valley membership and there's going to be play by court. I'm going to. Yeah. So that's a possibility, isn't it? That you, so you've already talked about this, obviously amongst your own team that some, yeah. some of your users may be members of multiple clubs that you are using the software that are using your software. Correct. Correct. Really, so that. That's really interesting. Think, before you answer, I was thinking, yeah. think of the information that you can get on one player like me. Like that's kind of scary. I mean, you can see me playing over at the Sipican. You can see me playing over. Oh, I just I just played at Jen's club over in uh, on the Vineyard, and then you can see me playing down here in Florida. It's it's crazy. Yeah. 
Yep. So I'll, so two point or two points on that one. That's, you know, at, at the beginning, that was our dream for Sarah. That was my dream where the playing ex- or the interaction, at least from the side we can control was, you know, easy. If you wanted to book a lesson or book a program, you can just hop in between Civic Inn and Boulevard and just go your way. And it'd be, you know, not having to call and kind of do the whole, the whole go around per se. So that's one side. However, um, something that we have shifted towards to is, and we made a, a very cognizant decision a couple years ago that as the club, we don't want to build a marketplace. So for me, the information of Ed, I don't care, right? Cause that I don't want to compete with other clubs and two, I don't want to be using that data per se. So the way we say is look, Boulevard, that's your information. You do with it how you want to. If Ed plays at another club, Boulevard doesn't have access. There's a Chinese wall, right? Boulevard doesn't have access to it and vice versa. We're saying, so you're, not, Go- so you're not Google. <laughs> We're not Google. Yeah, okay. we're not Google. And I think a lot of, so when, when we started in, in 2016, 2017, I thought that the solution was going to be like an open table, right? Where you had, uh, you opened up your app and then you can see all these tennis courts and you can go there, pick there. And the reality is that there's very few people that bounce between clubs. I would say 90% or, or it depends on the location, right? Obviously. And, and the players that, but most clubs operate or most people like either they play close to where they live, close to where they work. And they like being part of kind of that community per se, or kind of that social aspect where I'm going to a club and I'm playing with the same person I play etc so we saw that behavior and that was a shift that we did um a couple years ago where we set up everything branded to your club right where i don't want and and that's what i tell everyone i don't want anyone to know that we exist at your club obviously and that's something we're working on right now you need to download the play by court app but we're working on setting it up so that every club can have their own private app right and for it to be cost effective um and and that's kind of we want to be the plumbers or we want to be the we want to be as known as the court maintenance guys. You know, we're, we're just doing the background work and making you guys shine and look great per se. Hey, I've got another idea on this and, and, and tell me to go jump in a lake if I'm wrong. But <laughs> when I'm setting this up as a, as a club, you, and it's interesting because your software, when I first saw it a year ago or so, uh, it showed that, you know, it, it had a lot of merchant uh, charges. So like basically you're dealing with a, a park and recs department and that person pays for the court right there. Now, private clubs, they have private accounts. So the member comes in and the, the, the club offers credit to that member for 30 days yep. or 60 days. And, and you get yep. an invoice at the end of the month. Have you ever thought on the same side, like I know that when we set it up, we're going to have our own merchant, but could you not offer an entire merchant package? Have you ever thought of that? Or is that completely not, uh, a reality so like you could do all the merchant charges bring them yep. all in from all 90 facilities that you run and get a much better merchant rate have you thought about that uh, yes so the so on merchant rates so two things right now we handle all the payment stack right so a lot of these clubs that are doing the billing we go in there we partner with a with a merchant services company and they they provide us great rates in order to kind of facilitate kind of the, the payments portion of it. Um, 
So two things are happening in the industry. One, you have Square, right? And I like saying this to all my clients. So before five or 10 years ago, everyone was getting killed with credit cards. And I think it became a point of contention with boards, clubs across the area. Today, thanks to technology and thanks to competition, that industry, and I like to say, is going to disappear, right? It's, it's a race to the bottom. Everyone's competing. So I'm sure you have a club and how many sales guys you come in there asking you for, hey, we do merchant services, et cetera. So something that we've done or what, what the approach we've taken with our software is, and just to tell you a little bit about the industry, how it works um, on the credit card fees, which is slightly interesting is these people that sell you that software, they make a commission from all that volume that they get in there. So there's some margin there in that 3% that you're getting charged that they're making up, right? For them to make it worth their time to go sell that product. So then a company like First Data that we work with or Card Connect comes to us, a software company and says, look, Andres, we're gonna make you a partner where everything is integrated into your platform. And then if you want, you can make a commission on that on those merchant services. So what we do is we pass on those savings to our customers, right? And I tell them, look, I'm not, my business is SaaS. We're only monetizing the, the software. And if I can transfer over those savings to my customer, then that's how we do it. So and that's one part of the answer. The other one in, in grouping, eh, that happens at very large scale. So I think down the road, once we have I don't know, 200 clubs and they're all doing all their billings and transactions through us. And we can definitely make a huge dent in kind of the, those servicing fees. But right now we're just a, a drop in the pond in that industry that is enormous, basically. The final thing I want to ask you, and I know Jen might have a follow-up question to this, is do you see tennis growing after COVID or is it going to slow down or is it going to maintain? Obviously this year was really almost a post COVID year and you're seeing yep. data from 90 facilities. Um, yep. what, what did you see? Did you see a, a growth pattern? Did you see a static pattern? Did you see a slowdown? Uh, what, what was your, what was your vision? Yeah. So there was definitely an acceleration, right? So all clubs and, you know, two months after COVID, we're booming, right? And I think that's uh, uh, that goes across all the board, right? Just junior programs, adult clinics, casual play, new people. And I've seen that across all the facilities um, we work with. And so that's one part of the answer. The second one is, how do I see tennis? I think and there's a challenge and kind of bringing new players in, younger players in. Uh, something at least I've seen, I see here in Florida is you have the 80s generation, right? The, the hard tennis fans that those are the people that fill up the clubs, right? And I think, you know, in the next 10 years, we'll be okay, but or, or five to eight years. But we need to start making it easier and more approachable to bring in new entrants, right? Kind of younger people and, and just make it more approachable. Per se, because right now I feel it's a lot of you know I'm a t I've been a tennis player my whole life, and it can be intimidating, right? Just walking up to a club if you're a newbie or kind of keeping it going, finding good players to play with. So we need to find ways to kind of keep those players that are active in the game, and then also make it more approachable. Because I I have seen a switch 
from, you know, people going into other sports, right? Because now tennis is competing with Peloton, with, you know, with yeah. every sport, right? With every time activity per se. With So we need to, to kind of highlight the, the benefits of it. And I think that's something, at least I try to do everyone, at least in my circle, I'm, hey, let's go play tennis. Let's go in here. Hey, I have this, you know, I work with this club here. I'll get you a lesson, go in there. So I try to push everyone into it and be, and be a promoter. So I think there's a lot of work to do, but I am seeing um, much more, I'm not saying, I'm not going to use the word greater, but younger directors. So like, like Jen and that know this challenge, right. And they're making it more fun, more approachable because the new player is not as, I want to say serious, right. It's, yeah. They're more there to have fun. They're more there to not build the technique as much as our generation. And I'm not that That's old. That's why pickleball but... <laughs> is so successful too. <laughs> exactly. And now, then here you... in, in Miami. Yeah, go ahead. In Miami. So going with the pickleball, uh, there's a sport called paddle, right? Or padel, as they say. Oh, yeah. Is... I played a, I've, I've played a couple of times here in Tampa. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So that that's becoming huge, right? So it's, it's similar to, to pickleball. And it's the yeah. reason because Andres, I'm a 4-0, you know, I can play paddle with a 2-5, right? And, and we'll have fun and we'll, we're going to have a great time and be social. Pickleball is the same thing. So, so I yeah. think that's the, the biggest challenge, but I'm still a tennis purist. Same, same for me. I actually, I was in Spain in 2012 and I saw, I don't, do you say paddle or padel? I don't know. Yeah, I, I mixed up, <laughs> but I yeah, saw it so. in Spain, like back in 2012, and it was, it was kind of viewed like some tennis people see it here with pickleball that all oh, you know they're taking over, they're they're taking over our courts, that kind of thing, yeah. uh, and that was back in 2012, and I'm like, yeah. I can't believe it's taken this long for it to make its way to the U.S., but yeah. it's happening. Um, there's a place, uh, here in Tampa, only one place actually that, that has the courts and I've played it twice okay. and I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, I love it. Yeah. yeah. But again, I'm a tennis, tennis is my first love. <laughs> so yeah. sticking to yeah. that. No, I, so I think racket sports are good and, and there can be crossover, right? So I was playing paddle yeah. two days a week and then I was playing tennis, uh, on the weekends with my, you know, cause it, it's a good exercise. Um, you can play with people that are not as good as you. And mm -hmm. then tennis usually, at least on my end, it's, I'm very picky of who I play with, right? If in terms exactly. on, of on, a, on an ongoing basis, so it's harder to, to find people. So, but I think anything racket related is, is good in general, because it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that Andres only plays tennis. I think now everyone can cross over and kind of do different stuff at different times. So the more you have them with the racket in their hand, the better. That's true. That's a great point to stop on. I, I did note that you said greater, younger directors like Jen. Thanks so much, Andre. You know, I'm not. That <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I'll take younger it. director, not Ed. Um, but Andre, <laughs> no, great to have Ed. Yeah, great to have you on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we look forward to working with you both, Jen and I, and. Um, and we wish you the luck in your uh, wish you the best of luck in your endeavors and um we'll hopefully see you at the boulevard this coming friday or whenever yeah, uh, monday with opelka coming up and uh, i get to meet you in person it'll be really nice to finally shake your hand and say welcome to sip a can uh awesome. but 
But thanks for being here. And thanks for all you do in the industry. It's, you're really, uh, I think, at the forefront, as you said so wisely, uh, technology can really help us grow this business, grow the club business, not just tennis, yeah. but the club business. And you're doing that through yoga, yeah. through pickleball, through everything. So thanks for your efforts in this and your, your foresight back from 2016. to beyondthebaselines.com podcast. It's a pleasure bringing you each week's news and views and great guests from our tennis, fitness, and country club industries. You can always reach the team here at beyondthebaselines at gmail.com or on the phone at 508-538-1288. Please do visit our website at www.beyondthebaselines.com, which is updated regularly with even more information for you, your club, or your facility. See you again soon.